Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. I'm joined by Dr. Gus Alva. He is a program advisor for the Center for Integrative Brain Health. Dr. Alva, today we're talking about advances in Alzheimer's care. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure being here. Uh, You know, there is a new class of monoclonal antibodies that are being used in the fight against Alzheimer's. This has got to be a ray of hope for patients. It certainly is. And that's quite a mouthful, right? (laughs) It sure is. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I notice my parent is forgetting things more frequently, should they start taking these new drugs, or what would you advise them to do next? There's a much better angle, and that is not to be dismissive, and if there's concern, to seek out attention, right? And one's own doctor is probably the best starting point. You know, we're oftentimes dismissive of memory problems, and it turns out that past our mid-20s, all our memories start to slide. You know, there is a condition called benign senescence or age-related memory decline, And this becomes a bit more prominent in our mid-40s, but some of us are more prone towards developing serious problems that are neurodegenerative, meaning that they're going to continue to evolve and get worse. So if somebody has a concern, seeking out one's doctor is not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And, And there would be a reason to go and seek treatment, even if I know there's probably a lot of fear out there. Okay, what if I go and see somebody and this is real? But there are benefits to going and seeking treatment early, Absolutely. Right? You know, we should never be driven by fear. What we should be driven by is optimism and hope as well as gratitude. And the gratitude that I'm talking about right now is the fact that we can actually do testing in people and figure out whether they're going to be having problems that are serious a bit later or not, right? And there are different biomarkers that we can look at that we can identify people that are at risk and now intervene in a much quicker manner. And the way that you introduce this topic is a new class of medicines called monoclonal antibodies. And those particular medicines are best suited for people very early in the course of memory decline, right? So those individuals that don't necessarily have impediments with their work or their domestic chores or their engagement socially. And, you know, speaking of those drugs, if somebody came to you and and said, you know, a family member was diagnosed with Alzheimer's several years ago, will this drug help them? You're saying, you know, in some cases or in most cases, it helps patients earlier on? Much earlier on. So people that don't really have much of a problem or have very early deficits with their memory are the best-suited individuals for these new medications. The problem at the present time is that most individuals that get diagnosed with the big A word, Alzheimer's disease, and I mention Alzheimer's disease because that is by far the most common dementia, and dementias are simply a group of conditions in which you see the hallmark of short-term recall deficits. There are many reasons by which dementia might set in, The most common is Alzheimer's disease. 65% of individuals with the dementia will have Alzheimer's disease. At the present time, most people get diagnosed when that condition is already crept way in. So the horse has already left the barn, and that individual is dubbed either moderately or severely impacted. So these medications, these newer medicines, are earmarked for people very early 
with their disease state or a precursor condition called mild cognitive impairment. We can talk more about that. Are, are the drugs costly? Not necessarily. So when we consider medications that are utilized in cancer, those are very costly medications, but we don't oftentimes balk at the cost of those medications. When we talk about the most common reason for disability worldwide in the past, that would have been major depressive disorder. Now it happens to be osteoarthritic conditions. And those conditions oftentimes are accompanied by medications that are very costly. But if those medications have an impact on the quality of life of the individual, then I'd say they're worth it, right? And sometimes we get stuck by looking at a price tag. And one of the areas that I sincerely have um, a lot of problems with and struggle with is that we sometimes have a prejudicial view of individuals with cognitive compromise. And so those people that have memory deficits, we oftentimes will say, well, you know what? This class of medicine might be too costly. And as a consequence of that, we shouldn't necessarily utilize them. But if that medicine might actually hold that individual together and you know allow them a quality of life that is able to be maintained, then I'd say it's worth the cost, right? But to answer your question directly, uh, yeah, these medicines can be right around like maybe about $30,000 a year for their utilization. So they're not cheap, but I would say they are definitely worth it for the individuals that might benefit from them. And what about side effects of these drugs? All medicines have side effects. And, you know, this is a common theme that we touch on, you know, when my patients ask me, will I have a side effect with a medicine? I typically remind them, you know, you take a sufficient amount of aspirin, you're going to punch a hole in your stomach. You take a sufficient amount of Tylenol, that'll blow out your liver. And those are over-the-counter medicines. And we sometimes are dismissive of that. But it turns out that any and all medicines have good and bad. So it's really important that people know about that, right? And that's why they will seek out medical care. And our job as professionals is to educate individuals about the pros, the cons, the alternatives associated with any and all therapy and have them understand that, you know, there's definitely a good, but also a potential bad, right? And, you know, for people to understand that, that becomes a very important thing. With these new class of medicines, there is a side effect that can be quite serious um, called an amyloid-related imaging abnormality, or an ARIA. And so it requires very close scrutiny and appropriate medical management. And that's why these medications are given intravenously, either monthly or twice a month, and uh, obviously Good medical care needs to be integrated so as to be able to be on the lookout for any potential problem. So it's not like you can just get a prescription and keep getting it refilled. You're going to need to go in and you're going to need to see your your physician. So there's certainly a higher degree of complexity associated with the use of these new medicines, right? Um, in the past, we've had oral medicines, but those oral medicines have a lot of limitations. They only slow down decline if that, right? And so, you know, for a good 18 years, we didn't see any new medications come out on this horizon. I feel hopeful right now because now we are in the cusp of seeing all these new agents, you know, getting, you know, the nod of approval for utilization for the general public. 
And that, I think, is great because it turns out that if we are sensitive to issues, we know that there's a family member that's had a problem with memory. We know that we might be carrying genetic burden tied in with the possibility of developing this problem. And we decide to take some extra steps like doing some um you know, tests, whether that be a blood test or a lumbar puncture or a fancy brain uh, image, we now have additional information to figure out whether we might actually be well-suited for one of these newer medicines. Now, the same thing applies. If we happen to have a certain genetic characteristic, there might be a higher likelihood for a side effect. But that's where it's so important for the doctor also to be aware of this. So to your point, Yes, a prescription's still needed, but there's also the necessity for having an organizational opportunity of tracking that individual in a safe manner. And that's one of the nice things that we're positioned with at Hogue is that we have an organization in which we have the infrastructure to be able to do it all, right? From diagnosis to treatment to subsequent follow-up and making sure that in a responsible manner, people are being looked after in an appropriate way. Uh, I'm wondering if the new drug and others that are likely to follow mean that in the future, potentially, there's some kind of magic solution that, uh, you know, people won't have to worry about getting Alzheimer's if they have early intervention and um, the drugs that will be available. Is is that is that a pipe dream or is that No, a it's not, you know, and your listeners can't see me smiling, but I am smiling because, you know, obviously, part of the reason by which I got involved in this area of medicine you know, over a quarter of a century ago is that I'm a bit of a skeptic at heart. And so I always like to be shown evidence that something is happening. And in the case of, again, neurodegenerative conditions, we've made strong strides. And yes, I feel hopeful that in the near future, we may even get to a point where this problem doesn't even set in. So, you know, we are at Hogue right now involved with some really neat work uh, looking at potentially developing a vaccine that wouldn't allow this problem to actually even set in. We're looking at ways of potentially regenerating brain cells that uh, have been lost through novel uh, means. So, you know, it's not just these new monoclonal antibodies, although there are several others that are hot on foot that are tracking the two that have already received an FDA approval thus far. Um, but we are seeing other agents with different modes of action that might be quite promising. And so that's why hopefully you can hear the excitement in my voice over the fact that, you know, I feel optimistic that we are going to get to that point. And let's face it, I too am getting older. So <laughs> I obviously am part of the public that might be at risk because the biggest risk for developing Alzheimer's is getting older. And it sounds like Hogue is really at the cutting edge of, of these therapies and you know, we're blessed to have an institution like Hogue in our community. And yes, you're absolutely right. Well, Dr. Alva, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I certainly appreciate it. Well, it's certainly a pleasure and I'm happy to be here. Thank you.
Dr. Gus Alva serves as program advisor for the Center for Integrative Brain Health in the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hogue, where he also works to expand the Orange County Vital Brain Program. A distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association, he is board certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology and the American Board of Geriatrics. Dr. Alva completed his residency training at the University of California, Irvine Medical Center in the Department of Psychiatry and Human Behavior, where he served as chief resident during his final year of residency. He also served as an associate professor and deputy director in the Department of Psychiatry at UCI College of Medicine. Currently, he is an assistant professor in UC Riverside Medical School's Department of Neuroscience. An accomplished researcher and clinician in the field of neuropsychiatry, he's conducted numerous clinical trials over the past 25 years. His work has been published in numerous peer-reviewed medical journals, and he presents at national and international conferences. He was the recipient of the first annual Senior Care Humanitarian Award as Outstanding Physician in Dementia Care and the Physician's Recognition Award by the American Medical Association. To learn more about Hoag's resources for Alzheimer's care, visit hoag.org forward slash neuro. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hogue or to book an appointment, visit hogue.org. That's H-O-A-G dot org.